You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. All right. What a glorious day, man. All seven campuses. Man, that song doesn't fire you up. Woo! All right. You may be seated. Some of you wonder who is this guy? I uh, had a glorious summer. Got to take a little sabbatical. Thank God for a great leadership and staff. We're here to give me some time away. It was great. We had a glorious summer. In fact, if you back up a little bit, in May, we had our, our all seven campuses baptism at Fort DeSoto. 526 people were baptized. What a glorious day that was, man. Don't miss it next year. It's going to be awesome. Then we had Serve Week where we get out in the community. 1,700 volunteers putting in time and hours to serve and love the city of Tampa. Come on. It's about getting outside these walls. Then Zone Summer, man, they do such an incredible job with the elementary kids. And then Clash Camp. I actually got to go to Clash Camp uh, this year and over 1,000 teenagers. And man, God was moving and transforming their lives. I mean, I'm telling you, get ready. Our young people are taking over. I'm, I'm telling you that. And then uh, we had our marriage conference. And uh, the best part about that is I already had several people come up to me without asking. Man, the marriage conference reset my marriage. It, it transformed us. It, it helped us. It was, it was not just inspirational, but it was, it was practical. So man, what a glorious Summer at Grace Family Church, yeah? It was good, it was good. So we're kicking off a new series today called You Ask For It. Questions that you have had that you've wrestled with about God, Christianity, heaven, hell, and we've taken in all these questions and uh, for the next three or four weeks we're gonna be giving you the answers to those questions, not what I think, not what culture thinks, what does the Bible say, amen? Because here's what we know, that when we answer these questions with God's word, because we believe God's word is the blueprint for life, it's the absolute truth, and so we're gonna trust in God's word. The problem with that sometimes is God's word will conflict with our emotions and feelings. I mean, you know that. Like when God says to love your enemy, is there a conflict there? or to forgive someone who's hurt you. There's, there's conflict uh, there. And also, God's word will always conflict, have conflict with culture. So we're gonna give you the biblical lens for some of these, uh, some of these questions you have had. In fact, several people uh, came up to me and said they were so happy to see me back and really miss me. We'll see if you miss me after this one. <laughs> this is a hard one. I'm just telling you, man, this is a hard one. We're gonna talk about the truth about hell. Lots of questions about hell and judgment and eternity. The, and, and what does that look like? And, and, and I'm believing by the end there's gonna be a lot of hope. But, but I do know this, I'd rather not talk about it. In fact, I, I hate it, I hate the idea of hell. If you love the idea of hell, you're sick. It's, it's just, it's uncomfortable for me and you. It's uncomfortable for that guest you brought today. I can't believe I brought him today. And some of the guests are going, that's why I don't go. You confirm why I don't go to church. You're talking about hell. If you check our archives, actually, we don't apologize for it, but this is the first time in 51 weeks. So you just happen to catch us on that weekend. Is it a coincidence? Or is it a divine appointment? You never know, right? You never know. So, I, but I hate it, I hate the idea of war. But war is a reality. It destroys countries and destroys lives, it, it exists. 
I hate cancer, it killed my mom, but it exists and it caused pain and suffering and destruction. I hate human sex trafficking, big problem in America. How many lives is that destroying? I hate the idea of it, but it exists. And I've never said this before. I hate the idea that FSU is way better than Florida this year. I had to say it. That's the last joke I have, okay? The rest of this gets a little intense. Can't believe I said that. Hating the idea of something doesn't change the fact that it exists. When I did this study, and I've been studying this now for probably a month, 40 times in the New Testament, Jesus talks about hell and judgment. The reason we are surprised by that is that it's not our favorite verses to read and it's not the favorite thing for, for preachers to preach on. But I have to talk about the truth about hell because Jesus did. I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't tell you the truth about it. You know, real love is telling someone the truth no matter how hard it may be. Think about it, if a doctor is a good doctor, a, a doctor who loves you, a doctor who cares for you, no matter how bad the diagnosis is, he will tell you the truth. He will not hide it from you. If your neighbor's house in the middle of the night starts smoking and you realize it's a fire and they're unaware that their house is burning down on their inside of it, if you're a loving neighbor, if you're a neighbor that cares for them, you're gonna go across the street, you're gonna knock on the door, and you're gonna warn them, hey, there's a fire, you need to get out. That would be a good neighbor, amen? Say it again, I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't warn you about what the Bible says, no matter how difficult or uncomfortable it is. So these next seven minutes, gonna be a little difficult because I'm gonna give you some of the verses that Jesus shared. Just tell the person next to you it's gonna get uncomfortable, but there's hope. Okay, here we go. Jesus in Luke 12, five says, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. In Matthew 13, they're asking Jesus about the end of times, what's gonna happen in those last days? And Jesus answers them with this, just as the weeds are sorted out and burned into fire, so will it be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into a fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In Matthew, again, they're asking Jesus about the end of the world. And Jesus addresses it in a very similar way. He says this, but when the son of man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand 
and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Now, I don't know much about sheep and goats, but I do know this. Sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd and, and goats are stubborn. You never heard someone tell someone you're an old stubborn goat. They, uh, old, you hear them say you're an old stubborn goat. They ne you never hear you're an old stubborn sheep because goats are stubborn. Goats don't listen. Goats do what they want to do. They don't listen. They're, they're, they're stubborn. And Jesus separates the sheep from the goats. The apostle Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Those are tough verses. Jesus gives us one parable on hell. Some of you are going, do we have to? Yeah, we do. In this parable, really a parable illustrates lessons or principles. There's a lot we can learn from this parable. And I want us to just read this together. Then we'll get to some good news. Luke 16, Jesus starts out by saying, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, and he lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores as Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open wounds. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried. And he went to the place of the dead. When you do your research, you're talking about Hades. There in, the, there in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. Now, Jesus is sharing this parable. He always shares a parable with a reason, with a lesson. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. Take a breath. Then he says this. Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, no father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Couple very quick observations. The parable of hell. Jesus really, he talks about this one man that he was fully conscious. He was in torment. Here's what we notice about him. Very, he had tremendous regret. Did you pick that up? Please, I beg you. Please tell someone to warn my brothers. 
and even knew what to tell them because this man knew what he shouldn't, should have done, but he didn't. Tell my brothers to repent. He wanted to warn his family and tell them. Here's what he never said, which tells you something to the question some of us have. Is God just and fair when it comes to hell? He never said, hey, this isn't fair. I didn't know, why am I here? He never said, no one warned me. Never said any of those things. He had regret from something he knew he should have done. Think about that. God is just. I don't like thinking about it, but I can promise you one thing. We serve a just, fair God, and everyone will have opportunity to not have to be in this place of torment. That's not God's desire. It's not God's will. It's not God's plan. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross to save us from judgment and hell. Anybody ready for some good news? Come on, yeah, yeah, let's get to some good news. I know, yeah, yeah, here we go. I have some good news. Second Peter 3, 9 they're asking him about when is Jesus returning? And he said this, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. Do you hear the heart of God? He is waiting, he is patient, he is merciful. In 1 Timothy, he says, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. When I read this, I realize God's desire is for all of us to be saved, to know him. It's God's will. But if we choose to live life without God on this earth, refuse to listen, refuse to believe. When you live your life without God on earth, you will live separated from him for eternity. You're getting what you willed. It's not God's will. God wills you to be saved. But when we are stubborn and say, no, I wanna do my thing and live my life and ignore God's way, then it's, you're getting what you want for eternity. Eternity. Uh, separation, separation from God for eternity. Man, don't do that, right? Have more good news. God has a plan. He's made provision to save us. He doesn't leave us in lingo. He's given us a plan. He's given us provision. We know that Jesus took our place on the cross. He took our sins, our judgment, and was separated from God so we wouldn't have to be. People say, when was Jesus separated from God? On the cross, Jesus shared a few things. One he said, which is very uh, striking to me, he got to a point when he was on the cross when he said this, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He, God said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because see, when Christ took your sin and my sin on his body on the cross, that sin had to be judged. 
and Jesus was judged, God turned his back on his only son. And for the first time ever in, in Jesus' life, he felt separation from the presence of God. He felt forsaken. But he did that so none of us would ever have to experience that. He did that so none of us would have to experience separation from God. He paid that price. He paid the price for our sins and our judgment so we wouldn't have to suffer that. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Again, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I tell you why, he did it for you. So we would never be forsaken or rejected by God. He did it for you. Second Corinthians tells it this way, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. That's how we're made right with God through Jesus, his death on the cross, the blood that was shed. But in Romans it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. How much does God love you when you didn't even believe or care he believed in you? He didn't die for church people or religious people. He died for sinners like me. When I didn't even care about him, that's love. And since we have been made right in God's sight, again, by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Folks, that's good news for us. I'm not condemned, man. You're not either in Christ. That's God's promise. There will never be condemnation or judgment for the believer. Anybody... Most, uh, some of us, do you, does anyone have life insurance in the room? You have life, some of you have life, life, a lot of us do. We, we have life insurance because maybe if something bad happened, uh, someone has a policy that will provide for the wife or the family or whoever, it's a, it's a good thing. And I'm thinking about this going, I have this question, do you have eternal life insurance? If you're here today on any of our campuses, Jesus offers this amazing policy. It's amazing. Think about it. I'm not trying to be corny, but he, he offers us this amazing policy. We have car insurance. We have uh, health insurance. We have life insurance. And we do it because just in case, right? Just in case something bad happens, we have insurance, right? I'm going to ask you again. Do you have eternal life insurance? Man, if you do, it's awesome. And here's the a, here's a thing about this policy we need to understand. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. I know this sounds really gimmicky, but it's free. It's free. Man, that's good news. Ephesians tells us, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Come on, everyone say it. It's a gift from God. It's this policy, this eternal life insurance policy is a gift that God offers. And if I, I, I think about it, salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Don't reject the gift. Man, he's offering this gift you know, the only way that we are not in heaven and separated from God 
is when we reject his plan, his provision, the pathway he has provided for you and I. Man, ask you this question again. This is a little different. Do you have eternal security? What does that mean, Craig? That if you died right now today, there's no doubt I'm in heaven. Listen, that is a great security to have. And it's not based on me. I mean, believe me, uh, if I died, I don't want to die, but if I died today, there's no question I would be in heaven. It's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I try to be a good person. It's not because of the good works I do. It's because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. And I've applied that in my life and there's no condemnation. Man, that is awesome. If you have doubts, my goal on every campus, you don't have to have doubts anymore. Eternal life insurance. The policy has been paid through the blood of Jesus. It's funny how I have to say this because nothing else can save us. It's funny how we try to save ourselves. There's a lot of man-made religions out there that try to do things to save themselves, but listen, nothing can save us. Your, Your religion can't save you. Your money can't save you. Your good works, and good works are a good thing. It's good to have good works. It's good to go serve and love your neighbor and to be in a community. But these things don't save us. If they could, why would there be a cross where Jesus dies on? Jesus died on a cross to save us from judgment and hell. You can be 100% sure today Your religious activities can't save you. Your mama can't save you. She might be praying for you, but she can't save you. Your denomination can't save you. Only Jesus can save us. I remember at 19 years old, I was confronted with the truth of Jesus through a pretty girl, you may of you know, Debbie, and I ended up marrying her. But at the age of 19, when I was hearing the truth, I was wrestling with it and I had questions about God. And, and I still, you know, there was a lot of questions I had. But I remember I came to that point in my life where the truth hit me like right between the eyes and, and I, I, didn't want these, I didn't want to let these other questions distract me. And that's what happens sometimes. Some of go, I got a lot of questions before I answer that question. No, no, no. The biggest question you can answer is this one. This is the main thing. This is eternity. This is important. And I remember when, when I was wrestling with this, I came to that point where I knew the truth. I didn't know a lot, but I knew this. I didn't know much of the Bible, but I knew this after hearing the truth that Jesus Christ was the son of God and he was a savior and I knew this about me. Listen, I know I needed to be saved. I knew I had sinned. And you may think this is shallow, but listen, I just knew one thing. I I just didn't want to go to hell. Truth. And I gave my life to Christ not knowing that when I did that, there were so many benefits. God gives us a new hope, a new life, a new start. He gives us power to live a different way. He gives me peace in the middle of storms. He gives you strength during difficult times. He helps you to be a better man, a better father, a better, he does all that. There are so many benefits and and I know a lot of times we focus on the benefits, 
But, but we have to focus on this too, that man, God has made a way and it's through his son, Jesus. I just knew I needed a savior and I, I knew I'd sinned and I said, I'm gonna trust and believe Jesus to save me. And I asked, I'll never forget asking him to save me and I knew very little. I mean, I know we have questions about dinosaurs. What about suffering? What about this and that? All very good questions. It's not the most important question. The most important question is in Revelations 25, 2015. I have to bring one more to you, I'm sorry. Revelations 2015 says this. This is at the end of time. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I hate to read that, but it's in the Bible. The question is, is your name written in that book? That's the most important answer you can have. Oh, he has so much more for you. So much more to live for, but let me, let me tell you, let's take care of the basic fire insurance, can we? Uh, everyone should have got one of these. Go ahead. And, it's, 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 it's on the car, you got one coming in. And I know some of you've been here 20 years, some of you've been here two months, some of you it's your first time, and, and I don't want to assume anything. If you've had doubts, man, if you're just not sure, man, be sure today. Get that eternal security, get that eternal life, get that insurance policy. God has so much more after that, but start there. So do you have eternal security? Do you have eternal life? On the back it says, today I accept the free gift of forgiveness for my sins and paid for by Jesus and I invite his Holy Spirit to live in me, giving me eternal life. We don't do this this often, but we're gonna do it today. This, the cross is very symbolic. It represents the debt that was paid. It represents that I'm covered by Jesus. My sins were shed on that cross. And on every campus, they, I think they're lit up for you. We're gonna sing a song, and, and as we do this, in fact, everyone stand, or every campus stand, everybody stand. Some of you, for the very first time, are gonna take care of eternal life. You're gonna know that you know because of what Jesus did for you. Some of us have maybe doubted for whatever reasons you've doubted, am I saved, do I? Listen, be sure today. And I know it's hard to say if you died tonight. Probably most of us are gonna be alive tomorrow. But what if you're not? Why put something off that you know is true? Make a decision. So as we sing this song, I'd love you to take this card. Maybe you could put your name on there and phone number or email, because we want to help you. But as we sing this song, which is really about the cross and about the blood of Jesus and new life he gives us on every campus, we want you to take that card. And as Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess to you before my Father who is in heaven. And if that's you, and maybe, maybe you're with a friend. Billy Graham used to do it this way. Man, you got a friend? Take him down with you. Say, hey, will you go down with me? Nothing weird's gonna happen. We're gonna take this card. You're gonna go to the cross. I think there's a little box there. And that's your commitment. That's your confession. That's your saying, man, I accept this amazing eternal life 
policy that God's given me. That's what we're gonna do. Can I pray for you before we sing this song? Because nothing I can say can persuade you, really. It's the Holy Spirit. But I just know that He's knocking. He knocks on the door of our hearts and, and, and the enemy wants to put doubt and fear in you. Push that aside. Push all the other questions aside. I remember someone had all these questions one time and, and I said, why are you getting all hung up on these questions? I said, did you know everything about marriage when you got married? He goes, no. Same with God, man. Start with the basics. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. You said if they have ears to hear, let them hear. God, let them hear clearly today. Let them sense your love, your mercy, your patience. God, I, I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, draw people in this moment, Lord. It's not tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. God, let there be no hesitation as this song is sung. Help people to respond. Bring them, God, to that place of salvation with you. In Jesus' name. So as they sing this song, and I know some of the pastors will be at the crosses, just, man, make that decision. Some of you, it's, it's, maybe it's a recommitment. I haven't been sure, man. Just be sure today. Be sure today, because the one thing you won't be able to do you won't be able to stand before God and go, no one ever told me. Yeah, on this day, I shared with you as best I knew how. I hope you heard my heart. I, heard, I hope you felt that, man, there's a care that we have for you. God cares. God loves you. Make a decision. Come on, let's sing this song together. Pray for those around you. And if you've got a friend with you, and you know, man, this night might need a little, walk down with them. Be their friend, amen, and go to the crosses. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.